This is without a doubt the most scandal-laden and shocking episode of the podcast that has yet aired. It just covers... It is not that shocking. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's super shocking. Continue to listen. (laughs) may not be shocking, but it is laden with scandal and intrigue. You believe so. Yeah. And I'm going to be contrarian. I'm going to be crossfire. I'm going to just... I just showed up without knowing what we're talking about and just ready to take the opposite position. I think it's scandalous. that. Otherwise, we're not going to get on CNN. Justice is not scandalized, and I find that scandalous. So what we're talking about is the past, say, 10 years of mobile in which there has been a cartel of now four companies, uh, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile, that have colluded to charge us somewhere... Colluded. Clearly. That's a, that's a large, large accusation to make. They have colluded, as, as, as we've been saying, to charge us somewhere north of $2,000 a year to have a decent cell phone that can run like modern web stuff these days. So um, over the past couple months, T-Mobile has introduced these plans where you can BYOD to their plans. You can bring your own device to T-Mobile and they'll give you a, a rate that is just so much lower than any of the other carriers. They're sort of breaking away from the cartel. And I disagree. I don't think it's that much lower. Well, so look at this. My phone bill, I was paying $140 a month for, for AT&T. For, for more service, I now pay $70 a month. That's half as much. You don't get tethering anymore. It's I do. Not, no, tethering is not part of the. No, it is plan. part of it. It's uh, you get two gig of tethering a month. And I had five gig on AT and T. I don't have tethering on my AT and T plan because I just don't, I don't need it, and I just eighty dollars a month. Eighty dollars a month, and that includes you know, subsidizing my really expensive phone. Yes. It's not that bad. Yeah, well, at least people are believing that it's cheaper. For some people like me, it's much cheaper. I had a 5 gig tethering plan on AT&T and I was spending 140 a month. And that included the price of oversubsidizing my phone, which I according to Gardner, I pay $1560 a year for my iPhone 5. That sounds insane to me because I don't pay that much in a year for my plan altogether. This is on average what people pay because most people who have the iPhone say have, do you have a grandfather data plan? I do have a grandfather data plan, but it only, if I had a new one, I would save $5 a month, but I wouldn't have unlimited. Yeah, so I mean, you're in a weird place because you're paying a pricing structure that's not offered. Well, but if I switch to a offered one, I would, actually save money I just unless you went over your data plan Uh, yes unless I went over my data plan this isn't one of those things that maybe I am being a San Franciscan and saying well Wi-Fi is everywhere (laughs) how data doesn't matter data is not important to me I I I'm at work and I'm on Wi-Fi all day I you like data plan that's for the muni on the ride home 
Yeah, I mean, in many offices, of course, you cannot put your phone on the office Wi-Fi. You know, you depend on this data plan, and of course, if you're out and you're a teenager, you know, whatever. So, so people, I think, do care about the data plan. The, the important part to me, since I travel to Canada often, is that I can take my phone to Canada and I don't have to pay roaming extra rates. AT&T generously allows you 130 gigabytes of data for 30 bucks if you're going to a foreign country. 130 megabytes. 130 megabytes, yes, yeah. which lasts you about eight minutes. Yes, this is the one thing in this uh, T-Mobile marketing ploy that you have bitten into that you totally hook, line, and sinker. That's the one thing that I think is appealing. The global... The expanding it to be global to Canada to Mexico to Ghana, to Ghana for to just about every country in Europe. Right, that I that makes sense. It's kind of amazing, and and it makes you wonder: Did it ever really cost anyone to have you take your phone to a foreign country? Were those four hundred dollar phone bills I got from using I, Apple Maps in Canada was that legitimate? Probably not in Canada. It's I mean what would their argument would be that it cost money to have infrastructure in other countries and so they probably don't even have infrastructure they're probably renting the infrastructure yeah they're probably i mean they the probably bandwidth. get huge deals on the blocks of data from those countries and they have maybe have reciprocal agreements yeah. we were comparing this to text messages like eight years ago where people pretended like text messages were something of value like oh this is how much you get for 250 yes. text messages this month. And when you go over, we have to charge you these extra fees. And eventually we all realized that like it's a minuscule amount of data that it costs nothing for them to give you text messages. And I don't, know, I don't know who was the first to do just unlimited text messages for a reasonable price. But now everyone has to do it. Yes, and you would have friends who would send you text messages. They would hit return like every other word right. and charge you. <laughs> or somebody would DDoS your bank account by sending you lots of text messages. Well, and, and then they, like, it became strategic in responding to text messages. You had to... Yes, you would try to keep it in one message. If it went over, it would break it in two. So that, I mean... That became ridiculous because text messaging became preferred to speech. And it was just obvious that it was costing them nothing to provide us with text messaging. Yeah. See, I see this as, as as big a shift because it is a lot cheaper for people who want lots of data. And the idea that they give you unlimited data, unlimited text messaging, and um, unlimited voice... Having unlimited data just feels different. It does, and but I think other people offer unlimited data. I think the only thing that's surprising is the global perspective that they're taking. Well, the unlimited data for that price, like no one, AT and T does not have an unlimited data plan except for its grandfathered customers. Yeah, that is. I believe that's still true. I knew they they dropped yep. it down to whatever it is, and um, even then, there's weirdness like if. I have unlimited data if I hit a certain point that and there's was never also, part of my contract. If I hit a certain point, they send me a text message to let me know that I've hit that point because they want to, uh, it's like behavior modification. They want me to change yes. my behavior to use less. Or buy more. Well, I don't need to buy more because I have unlimited. Oh, okay. So the, the, the only reason for sending the text message is to get me to, of my own volition, 
use less data oh, how when weird. I have no incentive to. But they, they do text me every month when I hit a certain point. Maybe it's two gigabytes, maybe it's five gigabytes. See, there's the bizarre, for the other carriers too, there's this bizarre tethering tax. Like, you have paid for the data. That is really bizarre. I've never understood tethering, and it is very expensive. So T-Mobile's uh, also done away with the tethering tax. So there's, you know, like AT&T, you can have four gig of data, but if you want to tether, you pay this huge tax per month for the privilege of consuming that data on a different device. Yeah, I think that there's actually been some court cases surrounding the idea of uh, restraining how people can use their data plans. Because if you have a, uh, if I buy unlimited data, I should be able to tether to my phone and... You yes, see. and there are certainly technological ways to make the data that is supposed to be going to your phone go other places without the phone company oh, knowing. Oh yeah, I would. I mean, I'm just completely making this up on the spot, but I think more people probably use uh, other sources, software to tether their phone to their laptop than actually buy the tethering plans because the tethering plans are prohibitively expensive. Here in San Francisco, I'm sure that's true. Other places with where not every single person knows how to disassemble their phone and reroute it. Well, I, th- I think it's fairly easy on Android and jailbreaking, jailbreaking yeah. iPhones. Jailbra- I think jailbreaking, too, is something that doesn't really occur in the wild. It occurs on blogs and in San Francisco. Yeah, college towns. It definitely happens within a certain audience. Yeah. I think it happens outside of San Francisco. I know of people who college students who made a living jailbreaking and selling phones i'm sure that's true um so anyway the the other weird thing about i mean t-mobile is just going all out so they've eliminated the tethering tax you can take your phone wherever you want and use um the data the voice the minutes it's and they have made you know and previously when you bought when you got a subsidized phone you wound up paying far more than the actual value of the phone t-mobile now is when they hand you your contract they break down exactly what the current retail cost of the phone is and they show you that you're only paying the exact retail cost of the phone yes i did the math right before we started you pay for if you want to get the iphone 5s with t-mobile you have the option to buy it at the retail price, which is $649, or you pay the $150 down payment and pay uh, $20.88 per month, and it adds up exactly to the cost of it. They're not, yep. they're not paying yes, interest they make on a, it. You're not, they're making a big which deal. Which is about... impressive. I, that is impressive. I, looking at my how much I paid for my subsidized... Uh, iPhone and how much I pay in my plan it's not super appealing to me I think that I probably at the end of the year spend about the same amount yep. um, but other people it, it's a case by case situation I'm sure there are lots of people that could save money by just paying the actual cost of the phone either up front or over the, the, the length of the contract so the most bizarre thing about their payment plan is that you pay over a year or two, but you don't pay more than the phone costs. And at any time during that time period, you can decide you'd like a fancier phone and trade in your phone for the difference in the price. This is the one that I don't buy. I, it seems like it could not be unsustainable. Well, it's a separate program. It's their jump program. Yeah, it's, it's 10 bucks a month for the it privilege of doing that. But It's basically you're buying insurance on, on it. It's a different idea. It's a different take on insurance, but they're saying... 
we want to charge as enough people ten dollars a month so that or whatever it is so that it's sustainable for us to allow people to do it and we hope that enough people just pay two hundred and forty dollars over two years and don't use the jump yeah. that it will work out in the end so what are they going to do with all the old phones I don't know I, I this I don't I there's caveats to the jump program that I haven't delved into I think you have to wait six months you I do have you to wait six do months it twice over the a two month yeah you could well you could do it every six months but you have to wait six months yeah so you can do it sometime between the six and twelve months yeah sometime and then twelve months after that occurrence you can do it again yeah which see, seems to me like they're gonna just have barrels full of old devices sitting in the stores I don't know how they're gonna handle that one so this is anecdotal, but it, where I live in the Mission in San Francisco, the AT&T store, the T-Mobile store, and the Sprint store are all right next to each other. AT&T and T-Mobile are directly across the street on Mission Street at 17th. And there was a line out the door of the AT&T store. I could not figure out why. So I went over. Everyone in line at the AT&T store was trying to get their account number and PIN because that's what you need to walk across to the T-Mobile store and give to the T-Mobile people. And that is, in fact, why I went over, to get my account number and PIN so I could switch to T-Mobile. You're just drinking the T-Mobile the Kool-Aid. <laughs> it, it is sort of amazing, and I actually... Oh, this is even better. So I was still under contract to AT&T. So to, to grab as many customers as they possibly can, T-Mobile will pay you... Uh, will buy your old, your phone that is still locked and still under contract to another carrier. They will buy it for you. They pay me about $300 for my iPhone 5. I'm sure for a lot of people it will make sense to switch over to AT&T and you should just sit down and do the math yourself and this is how much I'm paying a month, this is how much it would. And but I think it's that like that approach. They're just buying customers. I think it's unsustainable. That said, if it's in your interest, don't care about T-Mobile, just do it. Yes. But you have to do it yourself. I don't think it would make sense for me to switch. And they are indeed buying customers. Like, what was the figure? Uh, Q2 last year, they got 655,000 new customers, which is really substantial since everyone over the age of, like, 10 already has a cell phone. Yeah, that that is impressive. It's not like there's a huge audience of people, unless it's getting a lot of young people that are getting the first cell phones. But... Um, yeah, I'm skeptical. It's a real change in their demographic, too. Like, the T-Mobile stores I was talking about in the Mission, it's a, it's a neighborhood that is about half Latino and half white, and there's no English language signage on the T-Mobile building or inside the store. It has traditionally been, like, the place where you got prepaid phones, lower-paid plans, not-as-good phones. They didn't have the iPhone, mm -hmm. and it was targeted at lower-income populations, where the AT&T store across the street is where all the hipsters go to spend their parents' money on super-fancy phones, and that all the signage is in English. Right. But now, all of a sudden, T-Mobile is full of those upper-income hipsters and white people buying, like, more expensive plans, but not nearly as expensive what they paid at AT and T. Yeah, I think it's technology becomes more acceptable. It becomes cheaper to produce. It's reasonable to expect the price of these phones and these plans to come down, and they haven't. So that you're 
outrageous accusation of a cartel and collusion. I I understand. Yes, we are not paying what it costs. <laughs> it's it it we are has paying seemed, what the market will sustain, not it, what it costs them. It's also seemed for some time that there's all these like gotcha tricks, like oh wait. While you were driving, you went over the Canadian border. We here's a two hundred dollar bill, like that sort of stuff has just seemed manifestly unfair for some time. Uh yes, I completely agree in the idea that I subscription model is like the weird model that everyone's using now for every reason. You know, uh, yep. Adobe switched the subscription for their Creative Cloud and everything. And every subscription that I have, I pretty much know how much I'm going to pay every month. I get, the, you know, this is my monthly charge for this, this is my monthly charge for this. I cannot tell you what my monthly charge will be for my cell phone plan. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like, it's the only thing you subscribe to that is so unbelievably variable. Right. And there there was a, um, in one of these education sessions for Obama's new health care plan, they were talking about how the average healthcare plan under Obamacare costs less than the average American cell I phone noticed that. Bill. That was a very uh, that was a very good uh, parallel to draw. Yes, but T-Mobile may change that. It could be that Obamacare becomes more expensive than your cell phone bill. Well, for some people. For yeah. some people. The average cell phone plan, people are still paying a good amount for their cell phone plan. So to get out of my contract with AT&T, I had to pay $250. But I got around $300 for my old 5C. Right. And T-Mobile was running a promotion where they actually forgave the down payment on the iPhone 5C. They just basically gave you a $100 credit, and so you paid nothing for the iPhone 5C. Because they're just doing anything to get customers. From a consumer standpoint, I totally understand that you, if it makes sense, go to AT&T. It doesn't feel sustainable. That wasn't the reason I switched, though. I switched, like... Because I wanted to vote against this cartel. I wanted to like cast my dollars with the person who is at least trying, and they're only trying because the government, the U.S. government, is re- forcing them to be competitive. Right. Because they, the AT and T merger that did not happen last year. Yeah, I mean they would have been happy to mer- to marry AT and T, but when they couldn't marry AT and T, now they're like going all out to kill AT and T. Well, they're I, I mean. This is, you're making it a lot more dramatic, but <laughs> but they if they can't become AT and T, they're not going to beat AT and T playing the same exact game. They can't yeah. do the same things that AT and T. So they do these different things to draw in an audience, and now they they're building up their customer base. Will they they be able to find a sustainable model once they have those customers? Because the the parallel that I drew was Twitter, who years into or every new user still costs them money and yeah I, I like I, I like Twitter we talked about I like Twitter I talked about their IPO yeah but at the same time every user costs them money that's somewhat frightening yeah their new figures show whatever they've lost like even more money than anyone imagined and I yeah and I would imagine that T-Mobile is probably in the same case at this point when they're building up their customer base it's costing them to get all these plans and get all these people on what? their the service. I don't fully understand. So T-Mobile just introduced LTE here in San Francisco. And in fact, in, in, the, in the places in the U.S. where they offer it, it's very new. So I do not understand how it is so available and so fast everywhere you go. In fact, you know, some anecdotal tests we did where we put two cell phones side by side and uh, clicked a uh, test link 
the T-Mobile network was substantially faster here in San Francisco in the areas we tested. Yeah. And calls do very seem... Very anecdotal. Very anecdotal. It, in fact, T-Mobile has continuous service on the San Francisco BART, where AT&T does not. But how does a company that had no LTE service a few months ago have not only LTE service, but have good service and have enough bandwidth to handle all these new customers? Like, I, I don't know. Are they reselling AT&T's bandwidth? You know, do they have an agreement, a roaming agreement with somebody else? But it, it, it is sort of incredible that the service is also good, in addition to all these crazy price giveaways. The service is also good in the huge city of San Francisco. Yes, and probably in very few. It, it, there's no doubt that, like, in uh, the northern reaches of New York State, where, say, my sister lives, uh, there's no possibility of having T-Mobile. This coverage is probably right. atrocious. Right. And that that's something that we haven't had to consider in quite some time. Ten years ago, you did check your... you, you I wanted AT&T. Uh, I brought someone to my house that had AT&T to see where it yes. worked. And the, Singular. Right. When you didn't... You didn't... Con, you have, that hasn't been a consideration yeah, remember For they would say, well, I lived in large cities, though. Take the phone home and see if you have coverage in your house. Right. Like, you may, some people who try to take advantage of this T-Mobile thing, and maybe that's actually good for T-Mobile. They're cherry-picking, like, urban, you know, customers who are more prone to switch, who, I don't know. Right. Well, that could also be the reason why they care about global, because they care about people traveling internationally, and but they don't care about people that live yeah. in Newark, Delaware. You know, they, the... The T-Mobile rep was telling me, she was from another country, saying, you know, the coverage isn't so good there. And I was thinking, well, my AT&T coverage in that country is zero. Mm-hmm. So it is certainly greater than zero wherever I'm going. And it's a list of, it's just like 100 countries or something. Uh, so anyway, that is that is the big news in, in, in consumer thing. mobile for, for the month. T-Mobile. We'll see. Yeah, so I remain a skeptic. I'm interested. A, country, a company that people had written off that it was simply going to exit the market entirely is now has the biggest win in subscribers. Is it, impressive. It's a, it is an impressive. It's an interesting narrative. And it's also it's interesting to me because it's purely marketing. They don't seem to have made any technological advance. They don't seem to have done anything but market the same technology differently and had a hugely different result. Yeah, yeah. If if it's sustainable, it will be impressive. I I will see if yeah. But I I wonder. I'm worried now with my T-Mobile phone that if enough pi- people pile onto this offer, it will just stop working. Well, it will it will slow down. I mean, that's why AT and T had issues in the past with New York City when everyone yeah. in New York City decided they were having an iPhone and they had to be on AT and T in the early years of the iPhone. Yeah, that's what made service bad. Which, honestly, in New York, it, I was just in New York two weeks ago, and it's still the case at 5 p.m. that you cannot make a phone call on AT&T and probably most providers. Yeah. Well. All right, well, I think I think you've uh, sufficiently gushed about T-Mobile for the uh, for this podcast. This podcast is not underwritten or supported by T-Mobile in any way. <laughs> it is supported by our generous sponsor, MoveWeb manufacturer of uh, development and deployment platforms for mobile software and strategy. 
That's right. that's, that's that's the, the pitch. That's the secondary plug for our sponsor. Yeah, that was good. It was. It sounded rehearsed and it was totally on the spot. Uh, it was, yeah, it was really, uh, it was very impromptu. Hey, so uh, I would love to hear about how everyone is switching to T-Mobile. I've currently evangelized exactly two people to switch. So if you reside in the United States and more than 50% of our listeners do reside in the United States, uh, let us know if you have some experience with this sort of thing, you have thoughts on it. And I would love for you to do the math and let me know if it doesn't make sense for you to switch to T-Mobile. Um, so what is the email address? Email address? Oh, it's landscapemode at uh, moveweb.com. Right. And so send us anything you'd like. And also on the blog, uh, we'll have some links to the things we've discussed and the way to contact us. That's right. Uh, until next week, I am your co-host, Ike DiLorenzo. I am Justin McGann. Uh, and this is The Landscape Mode. Thank you.